0: Here I am, and I am excited to dig into this awesome book with you. I just have to say, um, I love my Bible. I love the Bible. I love the fact that God knew we would need help living out the life that He had planned for us, and that's why He wrote this. He used, of course, people to write it, but it's His words, so I'm excited to dig into this with you. If you're here with us and you're listening today, I would love for you to just You know, tell me where you're from, and um, I want you to participate. This is really a study of us going through the Word of God together. I wanna just let you know, I am not like a a theologian. I didn't go to um, college and have a biblical studies degree, but the one thing I do know is that this, this book right here has radically changed my life. It has brought me joy and peace it's given my life purpose, and that's really what I um, i think God wants for us. He wants to bring us joy and peace. He wants our life to have purpose, and that purpose is to go and spread the truth of who he is and what his plan is for us. So if you're ready, um, if you have a Bible, great. If you don't, I'm gonna be reading um, from it for you. But again, just um, anytime you have a question or anything, let me know, I'm gonna be, I have um, Facebook pulled up right here so that I can go ahead and see what you're um, asking about. And I'll check in with you as we go through this study. But before we dig into specifically Romans 5 and Ephesians 3, I just wanna share a little bit with you about the Bible. I, I, I one time heard, um. You know, the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's really what it is. It's instructions on how we can live here until we're taken up to heaven. And I have someone who I absolutely believe, like I said, every word in here comes from God. There might be things that are in here and we're like, we don't quite get it. Like, what in the world is that supposed to mean? Well, he also says that part of this, his word is a mystery. It takes... um a lot to understand sometimes what he's saying in here right and um that's guys why he gave us his spirit when we believe in jesus he sends us his holy spirit right to live in us and i want you right now to understand that that spirit of god is in here and that we're just gonna open up in prayer and ask that the Spirit, that He will um, just reveal truth to us and that we have ears to hear and eyes to see the truth of what He's sharing with us today, okay? So I'm just gonna open up with a prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, just thank you. Thank you for even technology. I know sometimes it can be used for wrong, but God, right now, I wanna use this technology, God, to bring you glory. I wanna be able to be your messenger and speak out truth. I also want to um, just encourage everyone who's listening to have boldness, to have faith and belief that God has a real big purpose for your life. I want all of us to just understand that today can be changing. We can sit here and we can study your word and we can be different because of it. Holy Spirit, please speak to me. I want the words I utter to be coming from you, not coming from my own nature. And God, I ask that your spirit that is also in everybody listening, that they will tune in to the spirit. God, your spirit is powerful. Your spirit shows us your love and your truth. Thank you for everyone who's here today with me. And I cannot wait to dig in and start talking more about you. I love you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So again. Bible. It's just, I mean, from start to finish, it's an amazing, amazing book, guys. In the Old Testament, just a huge kind of overview. In the Old Testament, really, God is just proving to us that we cannot live a perfect life. No matter how much he lets his presence be known to the Israelites, they continue to turn their back on him and worship other gods. I mean, it's us guys, we suffer. We struggle every day, right? To live the way God wants us to live. And that's what the Old Testament showed us. He, he sent the law and the law was just to clearly show us we can't do it, all right? So then comes the New Testament and Jesus. And he shows us himself, really, really. Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. So he shows us his heart for us, our love, his love for us. And you get to see how Jesus lived his, his daily life, how he interacted with people so that you can come to know God better. And then there's Jesus dying on the cross and his resurrection. And this is the good news that God spoke of long ago. He started foreshadowing this all throughout the Old Testament. So Jesus's death wasn't something as a, like an, a, a next, like a, oh, that didn't work, let me go to this option. So this is really what his plan was all along. And then throughout the rest of the New Testament, we're taught more and more how we can live it out. What does it look like to live it out? How can we protect ourselves from the attacks of Satan? All of that is in the New Testament. And then it finishes up with Revelation, which also gives us more advice, but also kind of a look into the future of what's to come. All right, so you're gonna see guys, I am filming this in my house. My dogs are walking around. I have a new puppy who I actually put outside. Go lay down, Remy, go lay down. Um, I actually put outside with a special bone to try to keep him calm for a while and everything. So I hope we can get through this without too many claws ticking there. Remy, you go lay down, go on. Um, All right, so that was kind of an overview of the Bible. We've talked about asking the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us throughout this next part. But I also wanna talk a little bit about some ways that you can dig deeper into the Bible. And when we hear the word meditate, Often we think of Eastern religions and we think that cannot be Christian, but we are called to meditate on the the words, the verses. We're called to really just take them in. We don't just want to have them come into our mind and leave us. We want to have them come into our mind to soak in, to put them to memorization, to let them come into our body so that we can really feel, you know, kind of live it. They're to nourish our soul. Meditating on strict scripture can look like different things. You can just take one verse and you can put it to memory. You can take that verse and you can start to turn it into first person, which I'm gonna show you about more when we're in Ephesians 3. But you can also take a verse and put an emphasis on a different word in each verse. So, for God so loved. For God, God so, I mean, you, you focus on who God is. And he's so, that's a big word. He so loved us. So there's just lots of ways that you can meditate on scripture and, um, just know that it is there for you. And I hope that that's, you know, during this time, you're going to learn more about just, um, how God feels about you and his plan. So Romans, um, Romans was written by Paul. Paul was a, um, he, he grew up Jewish with all the right training. He, um, Kind of prided himself and puffed up himself all about his his background and his pedigrees but you know the truth is paul took all of that knowledge and he started to then persecute christians i believe so often guys people believe they're doing the right thing like i think paul probably believed he was doing the right thing by persecuting the christians so sometimes you have to kind of cut some people some slack who appear to be doing things that are so wrong you know check just don't try. To, just don't judge him. I guess, um, but he was persecuting Christians. He had an interaction with Jesus on the road to Damascus, radically changed his life, and he became one of the um, biggest kind of speakers in the New Testament. So, if you've had a messed up past like I have, and all of a sudden you feel like God could be calling you to something more and to start to preach out His word, don't think you're not qualified. Don't think you've made too many mistakes in the past. Know that that's what God loves is to take people and their mess and turn it into To something beautiful, all right? So Romans, uh, he wrote this when he was in Corinth. He had a plan that he was gonna go to Jerusalem, then over to Spain, and he was going to get this letter to Rome. Now, unlike some of the letters he wrote, so many of the letters that Paul wrote, which are now chapters in the Bible, he wrote them to a specific church for a specific reason. They were dealing with some issue that he wanted to address some of the time but for romans what he did is he wrote a letter to the 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 believers in rome kind of saying here's the big picture of faith guys here's what it means to be saved here here's how you're saved by faith and faith alone so it's a letter specifically to just give them an overview of it so romans is a great place if you um aren't familiar with the Bible, it's a great place to start because it's kind of a high level overview. And you have to understand in Rome at this time, there's a lot of conflict going on. There were the Gentile Christians who were fighting often with the Jewish Christians who were fighting with um, those who were not believers. So a lot of kind of um, anxiety in Rome. And so this letter was to also help them just kind of have peace in God's plan. All right, so that's a big overview. Let's just dig into Romans 5 now. I kind of find that there's three main sections to Romans 5 and that's what I want to start in with. So I'm gonna just open here into Romans 5. I'm gonna read some of it, talk about it, and read some of it, okay? Um, Again, if you're just joining in, if you wanna put down, hey, I'm here from, wherever you're from, wanna say anything, I'll be checking in throughout the study to hear from you as well, okay? Now, if you're watching this, afterwards i do still want you to participate in some of these questions that i'm going to be asking okay so be engaged with this don't just let me be speaking at you but you let your heart and your mind be engaged in this process all right so romans 5 begins with there and i'm doing it out of um the nlt although this nlt is just slightly different from maybe some others i don't get it but it is love this bible but it's the nlt therefore since we have been made right in god's sight by faith we have peace with god because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Now, right there, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I just want to start out. We have been made, been made right in God's sight. And it means, guys, that he doesn't see all those things we've done when we believe, when we have faith, we are made right by faith, which brings us, it says here specifically, peace with God, okay? This isn't talking about God giving us peace. It's talking about kind of reconciling our relationship. We have peace with Him. And in order for us to have peace with Him, because He's a just God, something had to happen, right? Somebody had to take on this punishment or do justice for the things that we've done. And that was Jesus. So Jesus is an important piece, guys. It's not, in his plan, he still had a punishment that goes out for our sin. It just went out on Jesus instead of us. It's like we're standing in a courtroom, and they say, Michelle, guilty, you're serving time, and in walks Jesus and says, yes, there needs to be a time served, but I will go and serve it for you. So you see, there was a punishment. God's just, and he believes in justice, but Jesus took on our punishment. So again, this peace, we have peace with God because of what Jesus did for us, all right? To continue reading. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And this right here, this place of highest privileges, in many other versions, that's referred to as grace. We, he has given us grace. He's given us this gift. It's called an undeserved gift. I uh, hear it says um, that, uh, let's see, grace, is God's undeserved favor towards us, right? Undeserved favor towards us. I did nothing to deserve his love. I've lived outside of his best for my life. I've sinned, I've treated people harshly, but that's not what he cares about. He cares about the fact that I turned to Jesus for forgiveness and I believe in him. And some of the things, and I read this in some commentary, and I just love these. What happens because of God's grace and because of what he's done. It says, standing in grace means that I don't have to prove I am worthy of God's love. Who Doesn't that just kind of go, I don't have to prove anything to him. You don't have to. God is my friend. It says in here in Romans 5 about us having a friendship with God. The door of access is permanently open to him. He is standing at that door knocking. It's always open guys. At any time you can walk into his presence. I am free from the score sheet. The account is settled in Jesus. There's no, you know, tit for a tat here. Oh, you did that, Michelle. Now you gotta do this to you know, prove yourself. And I can now spend more time praising God and less time hating myself. I love that. How's that make your heart feel? I can spend more time praising Him and less time hating myself. So that's a little bit about this peace and grace that he's talking about here in Romans 5. I'm just gonna check to see if you guys have any thoughts or questions on it. If you do, let me know. I'm just gonna quickly check here if I can get on live with you guys. Um, because again, this is a little inactive. If you're not watching this live, I want you to write down something. What has hit you in your heart about those things that I've just said? Okay, can you share those? All right. Hello, I see Nora's here. Nora, I love you. Loved having you at the retreat, and Rebecca. Laura, didn't you come to retreat quite a while ago here? Now you're living in Denver, I think, right? And there's um, Karen, and that's she's from Louisiana. This is great, guys. If you have anything else that you'd like to share, go ahead and just talk it out right here. Um, I think that's all I can see for comments right now. All right, so I'm gonna keep going on, but if you have something you wanna share, it's a little delay here, so I'll keep checking, but um, we're gonna move on now. So we're going on now to verses three through five. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure. And endurance develops strength of character in us, and character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. All right, guys, so this is that whole thing. You know, all of us, I'm sure, want to develop or strengthen our character. We want patience. We want to be able to endure things. But often we want all those. But hey, not so much the trials. You can take those away. I don't want to go through all of those, but you know what? God loves us and he knows what's best. He knows what's going to bring us to where he wants us. And often it's through struggles and trials. And you know, I just challenge you to go to God with this prayer for yourself. God, do whatever it takes to bring me closer to you. I want to be your messenger and your servant, whatever it takes, God, even if it's painful. And pray that for the same, for the ones that you love. Maybe there's some people you love who don't know Jesus and you could say, God, do whatever it takes to humble them, for them to realize their need for you. Let there be struggles, let there be challenges, but just use let us use them to draw us closer to you. We had a retreat in June and, um, it seemed like everything was going wrong for me and some of the struggles they weren't huge but it was one after another after another because i was i was doing a retreat but we were also filming 16 tv shows six for the fresh table and ten for faithful workouts all within a short amount of time and just one thing after another from my purse and my computer being stolen to a fight with my one son who we really don't ever fight to a um, our kitchen project our renovation going way behind All these things, I mean, dishwasher, brand new, broke, oven, brand new, broke, you name it, it was just coming on me. And I just remembered like one struggle after another, feeling a little beaten down. And I sat in the hot tub one night because I was just by myself going, God, I got nothing. I feel like these struggles are so much. And he whispered to me, then I have you just where I want you, Michelle. I have the power and the strength to help you through these struggles and to help you to deliver now the message I want you to deliver. it was just so cool to realize that it was only when I kind of realized, I can't do this. These struggles are overwhelming. And he was kind of like, good, because this is going, this is developing your character. This is even giving you a heart for people who are going through struggles right now. So we have a choice when we see struggles. Do we want to just turn away from God and be like, oh, I guess he doesn't love me? No. Or can we turn towards him and say, I know you love me and I trust you. And God, help me to learn through this. Help me to become more of who you want me to be because of these struggles. So like I said, sometimes I'm like, just bring it on. Like, not from saying, I want to fight back on Satan. But God, if you need me to go through something, I'll go through it. If you know at all the story, uh, my son Neil and his story, he has been through a lot of struggles, but to see how he has persevered, believing that God will heal him still, whether it's here on earth, maybe he'll have to wait till heaven, but to see how it's developed his character and how he has such a heart for those who are hurting. So don't be afraid of struggles, okay? So that's what I love about those verses right there. I'm just now gonna go on um, chapter six, or verses six through 11. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, no one is likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been, re- been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's judgment for since we were restored to friendship with god by the death of his son while we were still his enemies we were will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life so now we can rejoice in our wonderful relationship with god all because of what our lord jesus christ has done for us in making us friends with god i mean so much right there guys but the gist of it is god did not say get perfect i'll send jesus no 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 he said you'll never be perfect i'll send jesus and while we were still sinners so we understand that concept often when we're coming to faith but once we have faith we start to put these like unrealistic expectations on ourselves well now that i have this faith i should live perfectly and i need to earn my way to god it's still the same guys he loves us while you're still a sinner because you're gonna be a sinner Yes, we are to take that love that he has for us, that love for, that we have for him, the absolute gratitude we have for him, and start to allow that to change us. We begin to love others because of his love for us. We begin to live more according to his word because of his love for us. He's our friend, guys. Go to him, talk to him, ask him for help in everything you do. We can't do anything without him. All right. So again, guys, if you're just joining us right now, participate. I'd love to hear from you. I've talked about how we now have peace with God because of what Jesus did, how he has such grace for us. That because Jesus took our place in punishment, there was a punishment for our sin. Jesus took it. We are now free. We're still sinners, but God loves us just as we are. So quite a few things there. If you have anything you want to share, I'll refresh my page here and keep looking and see if I can um, answer any questions or if you have any statements. So guys, be reading if anybody is, um, you know, if you're participating, read through this. Look at what other people are saying. We have so much we can learn from each other. Yeah. Um, Lori's saying here that verses 3 for 5 really resonated with um, the day I had yesterday, good. I love to hear when that word of God is just helping us through some of the things that we're going through and all of that. Um, For some reason, I can't quite see all the comments right now, but I'll check again in a little bit. We're gonna keep moving, guys. And I have to tell you, I was talking to my son. I wanted to ask him some questions. Unlike me, he is a biblical studies major. He's actually at Princeton right now in their School of Theology, getting a Master's in Divinity. And I like to run things past him, like, do I have this right about Paul and where he was and all this? And so he's super helpful. Um, And he's like, you're gonna go through Romans 5 and Ephesians 3 in one setting, Mom? That's a lot. I'm like, I know. So we are going a little bit, not, you know, into every word, but I want to give you at least some stuff that you can go back and reread and process. So we're moving on now, verses 12 through 21. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Adam sinned brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. And though there was no law to break since it had not yet been given, they all died anyway, even though they did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. What a contrast between Adam and Christ, who was yet to come. And what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness. For one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin, but this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but we have the free gift of being accepted by God, even though we are guilty of many sins. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us, but all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation upon everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness makes all people right in God's sight and gives them life. Because one person disobeyed God, many people became sinners, but because of one other person, because one other person obeyed God, many people will be made right in God's sight. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they are, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful kindness became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see how he repeats something over and over in here? And I find sometimes when there's repetition, he's saying, hear me, I want you to get this, this is important. And so what he's saying is Adam was kind of the first man and Jesus was the second man. And he compares what they did, how Adam brought sin and death, and Jesus brought forgiveness, righteousness, and eternal life. I saw this little comparison chart between Adam and Jesus, I thought it was really cool. Because of Adam, ruin. Because of Jesus, rescue. Adam, sin. Jesus, righteousness. Adam, death. Jesus, eternal life. Adam, Separation from God, Jesus, relationship with God. Adam, disobedience, Jesus, obedience. Adam, judgment, Jesus, deliverance. Adam, law, Jesus, grace. I know that was fast, guys, but I want you to see that comparison. This was God's plan. He brought Adam for a plan, and he brought Jesus for a plan. And, you know, The cool thing is we often stand there because of our sinful nature, because of Adam, and we think there's no way we can make it up this ladder to God. We might go up a couple rings and then we fall back down more and we go back up. Can you understand this? That Jesus literally picks you up and carries you all the way up to the presence of God. And when you slip and you fall, you don't go back down. He is right there open arm to just bring you back up to the presence. That's what Jesus does. He stands there with God saying, "Oh." Isn't she beautiful? Look at her. Don't you just love her? I mean, how awesome is that? That is what Jesus does for us. Okay, so Adam had a role. Jesus had a role. In the message version, I love how it says it like this. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting out, us out of trouble, he got us into life. Do you understand that, that Jesus, what he did, wasn't about just making it that we don't look sinful. He, and that we could go to heaven, he did it so we could have life. I mean, life to the fullest. He says clearly in John 10:10, the thief came to still kill and destroy, but I came to give you life and life to the full. How beautiful is that? All right, guys, jot down something. If you want to do it publicly, Awesome. You can write it down here on the the Facebook page. If you want to do it privately, I want you to write down, what are you hearing right now? Speak to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, help me to hear what it is that you have for me. Let me be changed by this. I don't want to just hear these words, like it says, look at the mirror and forget what I look like. Let me hear these words and be changed. Let me live my life differently because of what you've taught me here in Romans 5. So just take a minute to write it down, and I'm going to go ahead and and, and turn over to Ephesians 3 in just a minute. Just going to refresh here. We'll move on. If you have a Bible, you can turn it to Ephesians 3. I am going to still read things to you like I've been doing, just to kind of get the the word fresh in our mind as I go through it with you. All right, Nora, as you spoke, the Holy Spirit is showing me to begin praying for the people in my life who are not saved. Okay, if that's the only thing that happened from all this, awesome, guys. Pray for those who aren't saved. Don't give up on people. Thank you, Nora, for sharing that. Death was the law, the price for sin. Yeah, Rebecca, I love that what you guys are hearing. Great illustration of what Jesus does for us. Thank you guys for kind of starting to write things down. And I know that your words are going to touch other people too. So I will go back and reread all of your comments, all right? So Ephesians 3. um, When I put together the Bible reading plan. So if you don't know, these two chapters are day one and day two of the 40-day Bible reading plan that's part of our membership. And I really put a lot of thought into the different chapters for those 40 days. And Ephesians three, it's a beautiful, beautiful chapter, especially the end, and we're gonna do something really cool with this the last verses in Ephesians three. But I'm just gonna dig in here and start reading, and I'm reading verses one through five. I, Paul, I, well first let me tell you, Paul again is the writer of Ephesians. He did write a big chunk of Ephesians. He wrote this from prison in Rome. So he wrote Romans, his plan when he wrote Romans, again, was to go all, actually all the way to Spain. He didn't make it that far. So he's in prison in Rome, which again, he, it was part of his, the whole plan of God was for for Paul to be in prison. So he's writing this from a prison in Rome, but he has this like, I think it's called day arrest. So during the day, he's kind of free to walk, but at night he is chained to a guard, a soldier. All right, and he wrote this about 60 AD, so a couple years after Romans. And he wrote this to the church in Ephesus. So this is a letter, like most of his writings are, they're letters to churches and they're letters to us. And here, there wasn't a specific issue going on in Ephesus that he's trying to address. He really wrote this whole um, letter to strengthen and encourage them. So if you need strength and encouragement in your faith, Ephesians is a great book to read. Now, in three specifically, he says, now I'm going to dive into um, verses one through five. I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ Jesus because of my preaching to you Gentiles. As you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing his favor to you Gentiles. As I briefly mentioned earlier in this letter, God revealed his secret plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand what I know about his plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now he has revealed it by the Holy Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets. What's interesting is when he starts off, he says, I, Paul, am a prisoner. And you might be like, yeah, right, he is. He's a prisoner. He's held in Rome until his trial with Caesar, I think it was, right? Um, And, but it says here, no, I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He knows who is really the ruler of him and it's Jesus. Yes, he's in prison because of what they think are their laws, but it's actually all part of God's plan. It was so that Paul could reach those in Romans. He had such an influence over the people that he saw there while he was in prison there. So it's really cool how he recognizes who he is a prisoner to. It's all part of God's plan. And then he was called to preach to the Gentiles. In Galatians, I'm I'm not sure exactly what verse it is, he says, um, I have been revealed the truth of the Son so that I can go preach to the Gentiles. So that I can go preach to the Gentiles. If you have been revealed the truth of the Son, if you know the truth of Jesus, there is a so that. It's so that you can go preach the good news to who? Who is your people? There are people in your life who you are called to go preach that good news to. And I think that's exciting. It gives our life purpose when we know that. Yes, he has revealed the truth to us, again, so that we can have eternal life, that we can live with freedom and joy and peace. But it's also so that we can share it. All right? Now, to going, starting in um, verse 6. And this is the secret plan. The Gentiles have an equal share with the Jews in all the riches inherited by God's children. Both groups have believed the good news and both are part of the same body and enjoy together the promise of blessings through Christ Jesus. By God's special favor and mighty power, I have been given the wonderful privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. So right here he's addressing an issue kind of that's been going on. Like I said in Rome, the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians are fighting. And you know this really bumps guy God, it bumps God out when Christians are ununified. He says, you know, this is how they'll know you are my followers, that you are one, like the Father and I are one. And we can allow our differences to pull us apart and separate us. And that is something I would do anything to start fixing in this world. Imagine if Christians became a unified force and we said, okay, there are some non-negotiables. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected. There are just some things that are straight up non-negotiable. But after that, can we just not fight all the time? That's what's going on here. And Paul's saying, I want you guys to understand, no more anything with prejudice guys and we start to separate ourselves because of little differences sometimes it's not even just differences in what we believe in our faith it can be differences in the color of our skin and we allow it to pull us apart that breaks god's heart we are all his children all of us adopted into his family we are his child you know how as a parent like i get in i drove me crazy when my kids would fight i would do anything to get them to not fight i wanted them to be loving and kind sometimes we have to disagree i get that but we can also agree to disagree right so my hope and my prayer is that we become one just like paul saying jews gentiles if you believe in jesus become one all right just think though i did nothing to deserve it and though i am the least deserving christian there is i was chosen for the special joy of telling the Gentiles about the endless, endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. What I love about this section right here, and my hope is that this is your heart. I was chosen for this special joy. It is not an obligation a punishment that you can go tell about the endless treasures available to people through Christ. Do you consider it an unbelievable joy, a privilege, something you look forward to? And do you believe that what you're sharing are endless treasures? I hope so. Moving on here to verse 10. God's purpose was to show his wisdom in all its rich variety to all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. They will see this when Jews and Gentiles are joined together in his church. This was his plan from all eternity and has now been carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome. So please don't despair because of what they are doing to me here. It is for you that I am suffering. So you should feel honored and encouraged. Okay, so we can fearlessly go into the presence of God. Remember in Romans five, it says, he's our friend. We can fearlessly go into his presence. Now we should have a reverence or kind of a, a fear because he's so powerful of God, but not a fear as in, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. It's this like, Oh, God, you're so powerful and so awesome. Thank you for all that you can do. I'm believing that you can do wonderful things in and through me because your spirit lives in me. So fearlessly go to God, share your heart, let him know your struggles, let him know your hopes, and then let him speak truth into you. I want to go now into verses 14 through 20 because these are some of my favorite verses in the Bible, and this is, in my Bible, it's called Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Empowering. I'm going to read it to you once. We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to do something really cool with it at the end, and then we'll be finished up, okay? So um, this is something that I have put to memory, and because I'm not 100% there, I still want to read it to you. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within us, he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask for hope. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless age. Amen. So the thing that's going on right here, guys, is he is praying for people. And he's praying the things we should be praying over other people. So often when we turn to prayer, we turn to things like physical comfort. Help them to feel better. Help them to get this job. Help these things to happen. And we forget to pray for the things that really matter. Mighty inner strength through the, through the, the Holy Spirit. Power to understand your love. Roots that go deep down into that love. What if we started praying more like that for other people? What if we started to believe that God has more to offer us than we could ever think or ask? We often think, please, could you just do this one little thing for me? What about if you went to him and said, God, I want to be a world changer in whatever way that looks like. Your power is in me. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. Show me. Guide me. I'm ready. Here am I. Send me. Go at it that way. Now, I want to do one thing here. I want to go back, and I'm going to ask you to go ahead, close your eyes, and I want to read this now as though you are talking to God. Okay, so I'm going to change the tense of the words here. You may hear my puppy barking and scratching, so I'm going to finish up with this, like I said. I'm going to read it to you. Go ahead with your eyes closed here for a second. All right. when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to you, God, you, the creator of everything in heaven on earth. I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you will give me mighty inner strength through your Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in my heart as I trust in you. May your roots, or no, may my roots go down deep into the soil of your marvelous love. And may I have the power to understand, as all your people should, how wide, how long, and how deep your love really is. May I experience the love of Christ, though it is so great I will never fully understand it. Then I will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from you alone, God. Now glory be to you. By your mighty power at work within me, I am... You are able to accomplish infinitely more than I would ever dare to ask or hope. May you be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through the endless ages. Amen. Isn't that beautiful, guys? Can you, What I want you to do, kind of your homework assignment, I want you to read that over and over as though it's you speaking to God. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you write down a couple things that you've heard through this session so that other people can also learn from you? I'm so glad you are here today and I hope to meet with you regularly to just dive into God's Word. It's been fun, guys. Thanks so much for joining me.